Good morning. If you have your Bible with you this morning or a Bible app on your phone, go ahead and open that up or fire that up to Luke 19. We'll start there in verse 1 in just a minute. The, uh, if you will, the sequel uh, to what we started looking at last week. If you were here last week, you'll remember we looked at a story called The Rich Young Ruler. And uh, even if maybe you weren't here, you probably know that story uh, of a rich man who comes to Jesus seeking eternal life. And today what we're going to do is read uh, Luke's sequel to that story. He purposefully puts these two accounts together uh, so that he can give a complete picture. And remember last week, I promised you, You would see a miracle. You would see the camel go through the eye of a needle. Well, that's what's about to happen here as we look at the story of a man named Zacchaeus. Now, uh, very often we hear that name and we think of a a kind of comical, uh, funny, uh, sort of oddball story from the Gospels. But there's a lot more subtext to this story than we give it credit for. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. Uh, But before we read together, uh, let's pray together. Heavenly Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this time of worship when we can come and sing your praises for what you have done for us in redeeming us. I pray that we will come to your word uh, with reverence. I pray that we will come to it uh, to seek the truth that it offers and to see uh, all the the little nuance that's there that can inform how uh, we understand it and how it informs our lives. Uh, Thank you again for blessing us with your word. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, So let's read in uh, Luke 19 quickly. Uh, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was passing that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. So we see here a few things in this uh, story of a uh, short man named Zacchaeus. And the first thing I want you to see is that Zacchaeus had a heart issue. Zacchaeus had a heart issue. And you may say, well, Stephen, you read the passage. It doesn't seem like there's a heart issue. It, it seems like Zacchaeus is a pretty normal guy with a job, and, and he just wants to see Jesus and know who he is. And there's the notable detail about him being short. Uh, but the heart issue actually is found in verse 2. Look what happens. Uh, Jesus enters Jericho. He's just passing through. He's on his way to Jerusalem. And a man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was... Wealthy, and in the in the mind of Luke's original audience, that would have set off warning bells. Now, look, I know in our society today, uh, the IRS is well respected. We all love the IRS. We appreciate the work that they do. We love it when they call us and want to have a closer look at our tax returns. Um, And we know they would never use their position in an abusive way, right? That would never happen. You know, we... 
Wow, that didn't get any amens. I wonder why. Now, when I said the letters IRS, you know that feeling you got, that little knot that was right here? Multiply that by a hundred. And that was how Zacchaeus was looked at in his day. You see, tax collecting in Zacchaeus' day was a very different thing than how it works now. And it's that occupation, it's tax collecting that lets us know he had a very serious heart issue. What was the issue? Well, it's how he became a tax collector. You see, uh, tax collectors uh, back in Zacchaeus' day worked for one of two people. Uh, Either they worked for the Roman government or they worked for uh, the government of Herod, who at this time would have been Herod Antipas. Uh, And in Zacchaeus' case, we know that he worked for the Roman government just because of the the term that's used here. Uh, But here's what happened when you became a tax collector in Zacchaeus' day. Uh, Because you served the Romans, uh, who were hated, who were despised by the Jewish people, if you became a tax collector, your fellow Jews cut you off completely completely shunned you. Uh, You were not allowed access to your local synagogue. You couldn't be a member of your local synagogue. You didn't have access to the temple where you could make the annual sacrifices for your sins and participate in the worship of God there in the temple. Uh, The priesthood, the Levites, would have nothing to do with you. No respectable Jewish person uh, at all would have any fellowship with you. You were completely cut off from God and from God's People. So what that tells us about Zacchaeus uh, when we look at his choice of occupation is, and, and he would have known that. It wasn't that, that, that he you know, signed a contract and there was this really fine print at the bottom that he needed a magnifying glass to read. No, he would have known all this before he chose his occupation. And so what Zacchaeus did was in his heart and in his mind, he said, well, tax collecting is a career where I can make money and I can have a comfortable lifestyle, and I can have a nice house, and I can have a lot of things, or I can have a relationship with God, because in the Jewish mind, he had to have access to the temple to have that. He had to have access to the synagogues to have that. And I can have a relationship with God's people, my fellow Jews. And he waited out. And he chose the wealth and the lifestyle and the ease, and the money. He chose the things of this world over a relationship with God and being part of God's people. But that's not all. Because look what else Luke says. Zacchaeus was a tax collector and was wealthy. Now again, for us, we hear that and and we say, so he's he's got a lot of money. Well, why is that? something that Luke has to note. Why why, why that particular emphasis on the fact that he was wealthy? Here's why. Uh, Here's how tax collectors made their money. Okay, They didn't get a regular salary like like our modern-day tax collectors do. What happened was, if you were a tax collector, the Roman government said, just for the the sake of the example, you have to collect uh, $10 from every adult man. And you had to go collect that money. But how you made your living wasn't that you got a paycheck from the Romans. It's that you then turned around to your fellow Jews and said, Rome declares you must pay $15 in taxes every year. And so what Zacchaeus did was he took the $15, 10 of it went on to Rome to keep Caesar happy, and then five of it 
went right into his own pocket. And so when Luke says Zacchaeus is wealthy, what he's saying is Zacchaeus was charging exorbitant amounts of taxes. You know, he he wasn't just collecting the $10 that was required and getting a couple more so he could make a living and, and pay his way. No, no, no. He was charging exorbitant rates. And not only that, but tax collectors in this time were known uh, not so much as the nice, polite accountant that sits across from you when you do your taxes at H&R Block. No, no, no. Uh, Tax collectors uh, were known to use strong-arm tactics. They were known to hire... uh, Our modern-day term for it was they would hire muscle to come around to your place of business, and if you didn't pay, a guy that looked like Luca Brazio would come. For people under 30, that's a reference to a movie called The Godfather. Go look it up when we're done. And uh, they would come around, and they would... uh, imply that something bad might happen if you didn't pay your taxes, and then if you didn't pay your taxes, something bad would happen to you. Uh, Zacchaeus is so often misunderstood as being this short little pipsqueak of a man who's kind of hopping up and down behind a crowd trying to see Jesus, and he's this comical figure. Can I tell you something? Zacchaeus is closer to Don Corleone than he is to that figure that we have in our minds. Zacchaeus was an immoral, unethical man. He was a man who would hurt people to make himself wealthy. He was a man who would cheat to make himself wealthy. He's a man who took advantage of the system, who decided, God, I'm sure you're great, but I'd rather have the things of this world than have a relationship with you. Zacchaeus had a very serious heart issue. And maybe today you're in the same place. Maybe you've come here this morning and you have a heart issue too. And maybe like Zacchaeus, your heart issue isn't readily apparent from the outside. People looking at you just from the outside can't see it. It's not the image they have of you. Maybe your heart issue is addiction and you wake up in the morning and you need that first drink to get up and get going. Uh, Maybe you're addicted uh, to the pictures on the internet that you know you shouldn't look at. Maybe uh, your problem is an addiction, but maybe uh, your problem is bitterness. Maybe you've been hurt before and you can't understand why would God let that happen and if God's going to let that happen to me, then why should I care about Him? And you just hold on to that bitterness or it's bitterness against another person that you can't let go of or it's anger. Uh, Maybe uh, your heart issue is relationship and it's 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 something that uh, you crave and you need to find fulfillment and meaning in your life and so you make ungodly choices and the choices that you know are outside God's will and it's in in your life uh, you have had the chance to receive Christ you had the chance to respond to the gospel but you've waited out time and again and every time you've chosen the world and Christian by the way before you get into the mindset that this is a sermon for lost people, which I know we do sometimes because then we say, okay, good, if it's a sermon for lost people, I can just read my Bible and not, and not pay attention this time. Christian, if you think to yourself, well, you know, I faced that decision and I chose God. I chose to be saved. Can I tell you, Christian, that every time you face temptation during the week, that's the same decision? The things of this world versus the will of God? Zacchaeus had a heart issue. But Zacchaeus also had a perspective issue. Look what happens in verse 3. He wanted to see who Jesus was. And by the way, that's the last evidence that we know Zacchaeus had a heart issue. Because ultimately, all those things I talked about, 
even though we pour them into our lives and we crave them more and more and we sacrifice more and more to get them, ultimately they always leave us empty and unfulfilled and disappointed. Because the only thing that can satisfy us, the only thing that can bring us true peace, the only thing that can bring us true meaning, the only thing that can bring us true fulfillment, and a sense that we finally found the thing we've been looking for, is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because only He can fill the gap that sin has left in our life, can repair repair the damage that sin has done in our life. That's also how we know Zacchaeus had a heart issue. He was seeking out Jesus. And maybe this morning you have a heart issue like we talked about. And maybe you don't even know it, but the thing you're seeking for is Jesus. And look what happens. He wanted to see who Jesus was. I think that's evidence that the Holy Spirit is working on him, but look what happens. Being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. Here's where I can relate to Zacchaeus. Uh, You may have noticed in the short time I've been preaching here, I am vertically challenged. Um, I am the tallest member of my immediate family at 5 foot 8 inches tall. Everyone else, uh, father, mother, brother, sister, all shorter than I am. Uh, And it never fails that my vertical challenge always hits me in the movie theater. Let me tell you what I mean. I love to go to the movies. I don't get to go as much as I used to because parenthood. Uh, But uh, I love to go. I get there early, and I pay my ticket. I get there at least about 30 minutes early, and I love to get the perfect seat. Do you know the one I'm talking about? No, it's not all the way in the back. I know in church, that's all the way in the back, closest to the door. Uh, But in the movie theater, the perfect seat is the one uh, that's not too far up, but it's not too far down, and it's right in the middle of the row. And my wife will tell you, uh, I have actually gone into movie theaters and counted the number of chairs in a row so that I could get in the mathematical center of the row. And so I get there early, I pay the ridiculous price they charge to go to a movie now, and I find my perfect seat, and I sit down, and it never fails. Here comes the world's tallest man. I don't know why he's always at the movies when I'm at the movies. I don't know if I offended him in some way. I don't know if he just has great taste in movies, so he's always at the movies that I like. Uh, But there he is. And can I tell you, apparently, because of his extra height... His perfect seat is always right in front of my perfect seat. And so I always end up uh, kind of leaning this way and leaning that way. And, you know, if it's not my wife who's sitting next to me and it's a stranger, leaning this way gets to be awkward about halfway through the movie, right? And it's a perspective issue. I can't see what I want to see. Something's in my way. It's blocking me. And that's what happens to Zacchaeus. But can I tell you, It's not just a physical crowd that keeps people from seeing Jesus. You see, the truth is, when someone is earnestly seeking Jesus, when the Holy Spirit begins to work on their lives, when we as Christians, uh, those of us that are saved, when we begin to share the gospel with them and minister to them in hopes that they will come to Jesus Christ, can I tell you that at the same time we are working to bring them to Christ, there are forces in this world that are working to prevent them from coming to Christ. Now, one of those forces is a 
creature called Satan, and we don't like to talk about him much because he's the villain of the story and he is a scary thing to think about. Uh, But he does not want that person to come to Christ. So he's going to throw temptations at them. He's going to to, to try to ensnare them in sin. He's going to try them and make them feel guilt and and say, you can't go to Jesus. You're not good enough. How could God ever love you with the things you have done? And that kind of crowds around and keeps that person from seeing Jesus clearly. And sometimes the crowds aren't bad things, the things that Satan throws at us. Sometimes the crowds are just the crowds of life. There's work that, that's busy and, and we've got to go and we've got to be a success and we've got to make it happen. Uh, there's family and the kids have ball Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday now it seems. And, and we're going and constantly making that happen. Uh, for some of us, we're, we're pursuing romance and there's a relationship and that's what we're all wrapped up in right now because we don't want to stay single forever. And, and, and we're, we're working on all these things that aren't bad things in and of themselves. But what happens is as that person is seeking Jesus, as we are seeking Jesus, Uh, Those things come in and they crowd around and instead of getting a clear, good look at Jesus and seeing who He is and His holiness and His love and in His mercy, all these things come around and we can't get a good look at Him. And Christian, by the way, the same thing can happen to us as we're trying to walk with Christ. Now look at Zacchaeus' solution. So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore fig tree to see Him since Jesus was coming that way. Christian, I'm about to give you one of the silliest sounding lessons you have ever heard. If you want to know where you are in this picture, Christian, you need to be a tree. Now, I know that sounds silly, but hear me out. What does the tree let Zacchaeus do? It lets him see Jesus, doesn't he? And isn't this the detail we always remember from the story? He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. You remember the old song you sang every year at VBS before Lifeway started making the nice VBS, you know, new music every year, right? Kids today, man, spoiled, I'm telling you. But Christian, where you fit into Zacchaeus' story is you need to be the tree. Through how you live your life, through your prayers, through your sharing of the gospel and sharing of your testimony... You need to take that lost person in your life and you need to help pick them up above all those crowds we talked about, the temptations, the sins, the busyness, the, you know, all the things in life that compete for our attention and keep us from seeing Jesus. We need to be the ones that hold them up through how we live our lives before them, through the words we say, so that they can see Jesus. Let's keep going. Zacchaeus had a heart issue and Zacchaeus had a perspective issue. But Zacchaeus got a new heart. How? He met the one person who can give a new heart. Look what happens in verse 5. When Jesus reached the spot, not a coincidence, by the way, he said to him, Zacchaeus, you know how we know it's not a coincidence? How did Jesus know his name before he even met him? You see, Jesus was in that spot on that day to meet Zacchaeus. And by the way, if you're here this morning and you have a heart issue, if you're here this morning and your perspective, your view of Jesus has been obstructed and you've never given your heart and life to Him, can I tell you something? Jesus is here to meet with you this morning. 
And He already knows who you are. But look what happens. There's an invitation. Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. What is, what is Jesus' invitation here? Well, there's two things. Look what he says. He says, come down immediately. The call to come to Jesus always demands an immediate response. Did Jesus say, Zacchaeus, if it's not you know, embarrassing or uncomfortable to come down in front of a group of people, then if you, if you want, come down. Jesus didn't say, Zacchaeus, when you think you've got life straightened out, when you think you have all the answers, when it all makes sense to you, then come down. No, what does Jesus say? Come down immediately. Why? What happened, if you know your Bible, what happened after Jesus passed through Jericho? Where did I say he was going? He was going to Jerusalem, wasn't he? What was going to happen there? He was going to be crucified, right? If Zacchaeus had heard that call, come down immediately, and said, Jesus, I just, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't, you know, I'm just not comfortable yet. I think there's some stuff I need to work out. I don't think I really understand how all this works just yet, and I'm not ready to take it on faith. He would have missed his chance, wouldn't he? That's why Christ's invitation always demands an immediate response. Because we don't know when we've missed our chance. We don't know what's going to happen on the drive home this afternoon. We don't know when the doctor's report that we go to every year for that physical, we don't know when he's going to come back and say, I need to send you to auctioner because there's something here that, that shouldn't be here and then we need to get a specialist to look at it and the news is going to be bad. Christ's call demands an immediate response. But the other thing we see is that Christ's call leads to Him being in our lives. Look what He says. Come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Not if it's okay, not if it's convenient. I must stay at your house today. It's imperative. I need to. And to be honest, you need me to. That today is the call to receive a new heart, to respond immediately to Christ. Well, why, why would I respond to Christ? How was He called to me? He called to you by leaving heaven, coming to this earth as a baby, yes, but then He grew into a man who lived a perfect life, a life you could never live, who then died on the cross in your place as a substitute, and then was raised again, where He now sits at the right hand of God, ready to give you eternal life if you'll respond to Him. Leaving heaven for you, living a perfect life for you, dying for you, and waiting for you to respond. That is how Christ is calling to you this morning. Will you be like Zacchaeus and respond immediately and invite Him into your life? And look what happens. How do we know Zacchaeus got a new heart? Look what verse 6 says. He came down at once. He immediately responded and he welcomed him gladly. He accepted him in a minute. Why? Because Zacchaeus for days, for weeks, maybe for months at this point, because we're toward the end of, of Jesus' ministry, had been hearing about this really unorthodox rabbi, this really unique 
preacher who, who was friends with sinners, who was friends with prostitutes, who, who, who ate with tax collectors, which no other rabbi would do. And Zacchaeus had been having the Holy Spirit work on him and for so long had been saying, maybe this man can help me. And when he learned the truth that he could, he couldn't wait to run down that tree and welcome Jesus with open arms. Are you here this morning? And you know the truth of what Jesus did for you. Through His life, through His death, through His resurrection. And do you know you need to respond immediately? So Zacchaeus got a new heart. But with a new heart, Zacchaeus also got a new perspective. Earlier we saw Zacchaeus had a perspective issue. Look at the new perspective he gets on life. All the people saw this, is verse 7, and said, He is, began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Really quickly, this is just a side note that doesn't go with the main point that I'm making here. I think if, I would never add to God's word, but I think what those people missed was that was the point of why Jesus had gone to be the guest of a sinner. And we're going to see that in verse 9 and 10. But Zacchaeus stood up, this is verse 8, and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, by the way, how do we know that Zacchaeus accepted Jesus? Earlier, he just wanted to see a man called Jesus. Now, Jesus is Lord. Here and now, I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Now, knowing what I said earlier about how Zacchaeus got wealthy, what does that tell you about that statement, if I have cheated anybody? He had. Okay, Zacchaeus might as well have said, since I've cheated a lot of people. But I'll give half of everything to the poor and I'll pay back four times the amount. Do you realize what's going to happen? Zacchaeus is going to go broke. But it doesn't matter now. Why? Because Zacchaeus has gotten a new heart. He's had his life and his eternity changed by Jesus. So that now he goes back to that same thought process, that same question, the things of the world or the things of God. And now he's chosen a relationship with God. He's chosen to be a part of God's people. And now the the earthly things, the wealth, the possessions, the lifestyle, the stuff, it doesn't matter because ultimately those things are trivial. They're temporary. And their only real value Zacchaeus sees now is to give them away, to bless others, and to use them for the glory of God. Christian, if you have a new heart in you, have you lost your perspective? Have you gotten wrapped up in the busyness of life? Have those crowds of life kind of crept back in on you? And so you've been focused on the job or focused on the family, uh, focused on your standing in the community, dare I say, on your standing in the church? And you've forgotten that God gives you wealth so that you can bless others and support the ministry and give to people when there's a flood in Louisiana. Have you forgotten that God gave you family not just for you to have love and comfort and a place to belong, but He gave you family so that you could raise up children who would know and accept Jesus, so that you could train them up to go out and serve Him and to grow His kingdom. That you, He's given you this responsibility so that one day when God calls them to Nigeria or Russia or Brazil or wherever it is, you can tell them, go, this has been my dream, that you would serve God with your whole life. Christian, do you remember that Jesus 
put His church on this earth, His redeemed people on this earth, not so that we could come to a building and worship and say, look what my tithe built, for those of us that do, but so that we can come here and worship and be filled with the Word of God and then go out and save more people and bring them back in. Christian, how's your perspective? Because when you have that new heart in you, it completely changes your perspective. And just like Zacchaeus, you realize all the stuff doesn't matter because I can give it away because I have Jesus. I'm dependent upon Him now. His will is greater than mine. And He's given me a new heart and I can't wait to live that out. And look what Jesus says at the end. This is the answer to those people who said He's gone to be the guest of a sinner. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. That's Zacchaeus' eternity made good. Because this man too is a son of Abraham. That's Zacchaeus made part of God's people again. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. What Zacchaeus' story is about isn't just a short little man who climbed a tree. It's about a sinful, immoral, unethical man. A man who chose the world over God and God's people. Meeting the Christ who can give new hearts and new lives and fresh perspective. It's about the fact that Jesus came to seek and to save what was lost. That day he'd come to Jericho to save a man named Zacchaeus. But 2,000 years ago, Jesus left heaven to live on this earth and die on a cross to save you. Just as he came to seek and save Zacchaeus, he came to seek and to save you, to give you a new heart, to give you new life to give you a new eternity in a place called heaven. Come down immediately. Let's pray together.